Welcome to Strategy Simplified, Season 8, Episode 22. We're so excited to share the next edition of our mock case interview series with you. This case is led by a member of Management Consultants MBB case coaching team, Pranav Agarwal. The interviewee on the hot seat today is a recent law graduate seeking consulting roles at MBB and top boutique firms in London. Can she crack the case? Let's dive in to find out. Once again, thank you so much uh, for coming here, Shalini. We're glad to have you. Um, why don't you walk me through your CV uh, and you know what you've what you've been up to so far? Okay, so um, I went to started LSE Law School in 2019. I've graduated just three months ago in July. Uh, since then, I've done a consulting internship at a fintech back home. Uh, it was really interesting. It was very different from the type of legal internships I used to do. Uh, I would say that the thing that drew me the most to consulting as opposed to law was probably that in law, we kind of deal with the implementation side of projects. So after a project has been implemented, you go to lawyers and they carry out the contracts. Where in strategy consulting, you're kind of in those early phases of the project itself, which I found really interesting. Currently, I am also in some student consultancies where we do pro bono consulting work for certain clients and I am leading my team. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And you know, you clearly answered the why consulting uh, piece of it, which is which is critical. And we can de- de- dive into this slightly later as well once you know we're reviewing mm-hmm. it. Uh, so if you don't mind, we can dive into the case. I have one prepared for you. So let me know when you're ready and I can read the prompt. Okay, sure. I'm ready. Cool. So our client, Lizard Insurance, is a US-based auto insurance provider that recently acquired a rival auto insurance company, Medium Shore. As part of the acquisition, Lizard also acquired a subsidiary of Medium Shore named Excise that provides software to many insurance companies. Lizard Insurance wants to know what they should do with Excise and they've brought us in to help. Okay, got it. So this seems like an interesting case. So just to reiterate, our client is Lizard Insurance and they are an auto insurance company. So Mm -hmm. recently they've acquired was it Medium? Uh, and they, in acquiring Medium, they've also acquired a subsidiary of Medium, which is Excel. And what they do is sell software to insurance companies. So our client, Lizard Insurance, wants to know what they can do with Excel. Yeah, uh, just to clarify, that's tech size. So technology size. Tech okay. Tech cell. got it. No, tech size. Tech side. Tech size. Tech side, okay. Yeah, okay. So, okay, great. So just a couple of clarifying questions. Uh, so just a little bit more about Lizard Insurance and this auto insurance, what does that actually entail and who are their main clients? So uh, it, it's essentially a retail US insurance, uh, insurance firm. So you and I would be its main clients it doesn't have any predominant area where it really dominates and they wanted to capture it with the medium shore okay acquisition okay and then just to learn a little bit more about 
Excel, what type of software is this and how does it actually help insurance companies? So in the US, when a resident moves from one state to the other, there is a, at the back end, the, the auto insurance needs to file a few things with the government. So tech size essentially helps you do that in a very automated fashion. Okay. So it makes it the system more efficient and Basically. easy. Okay. And uh, lastly, would we say that Lizard Insurance has any specific goals that they're looking at? Are we thinking just profitability or they have secondary goals as well? No, they just want to know what they should do with tech size. They just want to know what they should do. Okay. Okay, so I'm just going to take a minute to draft out some thoughts and get back to you. Sounds good. We'll be right back after this quick break. Join Strategy Sprint. It's an MDB project experience condensed into a one-week time frame. Each day, you meet one-on-one with your project leader to get mentorship and help on your work stream, as well as meeting daily with your team to ensure that you're developing a final deliverable that's going to be meaningful for the client. Prior to Project Week, you go through our online best-in-class skills training program that culminates in a virtual case competition. You can learn more or apply through the link in the show notes. There are only a few spots left. Okay, so I've thought about this in two uh, buckets. Firstly, thinking about the financial element that TechSide can bring to Lizard Insurance. And secondly, mm-hmm. what are the options we have and in terms of what we can actually do with TechSide? So firstly, thinking about the financial aspects of TechSide, breaking that down into revenues and costs. So when thinking about revenues, how can this actually, how can TechSide impact the revenues of Lizard Insurance? Will it bring them more customers? Will it up their prices and actually justify it for customers? Secondly, mm-hmm. would it also enable Lizard Insurance to maybe sell more and produce more because of its automation? Secondly, looking at its costs. We know that it's a software technology, so it makes it more efficient. Does this mean that we would be able to lower our costs if we had implemented TechSide into Lizard Insurance? And if so, uh, and on the flip side of that, is there an additional cost in order to maintain TechSide as a part of Lizard Insurance's business? Moving on to the second bucket, so there were three options that I could think of in terms of what we can do with TechSide. Firstly, keeping it. Secondly, selling it. Thirdly, other options that we can consider. So firstly, in terms of keeping it, to evaluate whether we should keep it, this would uh, link back to the first bucket in terms of financials. Would the revenues actually outweigh the cost of keeping tax in our business? And if so, then maybe it'd be worthwhile to keep it. Secondly, selling it. If we feel that we maybe do not have the financial capabilities to incorporate tax into legit insurance, maybe we can sell it to bidders or it can be acquired by another firm altogether. And lastly, other options. So two things I could think of. Firstly, shutting it down altogether. So if we decide not to sell it and also not to keep it. And uh, secondly, if we would want to change tech side into a different type of business, maybe uh, something that doesn't sell, but leases its software to companies or something that could help our business. So I think how I would like to start looking at this is maybe the financial implications of TechSide. Uh, how many companies have they sold their software to? What are their prices? And is there a high demand for them? 
I think that's a great point uh, to start off with. And we do have a little bit more information. Uh, so, you know, to your point of whether they can increase Lizard's revenue, the there's no cross-selling or upselling opportunity given how different the products are. Uh, going forward, Excise would require over $2 billion in investment for it to be able to maintain its market position. Also, currently, X, uh, Lizard does not use Texas, and there'll be substantial costs if they were to switch to Texas. Okay. So could you just repeat the last point? Lizard doesn't use Texas, and... Yeah, so Lizard... Uh, so because every auto insurance needs to use a software mm-hmm. such as Texas, Lizard does okay. not use Texas. Uh, they have a competitor okay. that they use, and there are really high switching costs involved. Okay, understood. Okay, so I think based on this information, uh, firstly, we would need to think about whether Lizard Insurance has the financial means to actually maintain Techside since it's a $2 billion investment. And I'm not too sure about Lizard Insurance's current financial uh, stability, so we can look at that. And secondly, something else that we need to consider in terms of what we can do with TechSite, as Lizard Insurance doesn't use TechSite, understanding the reasons for this because they're using TechSite's competitor, do they feel that uh, the competitor is actually a better company as opposed to TechSite and therefore TechSite uh, maybe it's not worth switching to and also as a secondary of that, not worth having as part of their business altogether? Yeah, I think those are fair points. Uh, to answer your last, uh, the second question, uh, just so happened when tech when Desert started, they stuck with the company that they're with. And uh, mm-hmm. like I said, the switching costs are really high, so they've never really thought about it. Uh, but we do have a little bit more information on like who these players are uh, and mm-hmm. what this market essentially looks like. Hi, Jeff, if you could just give me screen sharing rights. Perfect. Okay. Okay, so here in this exhibit, we can see the different players in the insurance software market. And uh, just before I get into it, do we know which player Lizard Insurance currently uses? Uh, They use this insurance app. Okay, understood. Okay, so based on this diagram, we can see that tech size actually has only 15% market share and it's one of the lower ones as compared to the competitors. I would say this is quite a big um, a market with many big players. There isn't just one uh, big player that has majority of the market. So software guru, insurance app and next 10 players are all major players in this market. Tech size, as compared to them, is a relatively smaller one. Um, so based on this information, how Lizard Insurance can go about tech size is two main ways. So firstly, improving tech size. Secondly, selling tech size. So in terms of improving tech size, what they can do to in order to increase tech size's market share if they decide that they would 
they wanted to invest in tech size altogether and see a potential for them gaining market share over the next few years. So how can they make the technology uh, more high-end and how could they maybe increase their prices to get more revenues? The second option, selling tech size. So uh, selling tech size, sorry, I'm going to rename that bucket as just mergers and acquisitions. So in terms of whether tech size being acquired by one of the other companies or if they wanted TechSize to acquire, for instance, a smaller player such as Goggle, so that they would then have a larger market share to compete with other players in the market. So based on that, uh, I think what I would like to look at next would be, do we have any information about the differences between these businesses and what actually sets TechSize apart? So these are very commoditized businesses. These are very similar businesses. But uh, your the points you've raised before, uh, Lizard is not interested in putting or investing in tech size. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't they don't see the use in it. And uh, you know, given you can see how concentrated the marketed market is, uh, they expect there to be a buyer for tech size. Okay. Okay, since they expect there to be a buyer for tech size, I think what we can look at is how we can now value tech size as a business for potential buyers. And the information that I would like to use for that, if you have any data points on uh, firstly, who in the market do we ex- expect to be one of the buyers? Secondly, the potential revenue, additional revenue that TechSize could bring to them and also the additional cost that TechSize would bring to them. Yeah, I think those are all fair points. So we do have a little bit more information, sorry, on that. Okay. The insurance software market size seems to be quite stagnant mm-hmm. at about five billion dollars, five five to six billion dollars over the last ten years. So we can see that would it be fair to assume that firstly this is not a growing market and uh but it is still a really big market. So it is not a growing market, but it is a big market. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable assumption. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so based on this, hmm. so just going back to the point of how much revenue that uh, TechSize could bring to a potential buyer, I would say that since previously we knew that Tech size was 15% of the market mm-hmm. and the total market size in assuming we are currently in 2020. Yeah. And that would mean that our total market, uh, the total insurance software market size is $5.5 billion. Would that be a fair assumption? Uh, just take it to be $6 billion. To $6 billion? Okay. Yeah. So if we wanted to find the total uh, market size in terms of revenue of tech size, it would be 15% of $6 billion. Mm-hmm. So just to do that math quickly, that would be 
3 over 20 times 6 billion. Okay, so that is about $0.9 billion yeah. for tax size. Okay, I think this is quite a big number and would definitely bring them... So this would bring a potential buyer $0.9 billion in revenues for the a buyer. Do we know about any costs that tech size might bring to a potential buyer as well. So that profit margin is 25%. Okay, profit margin is 25%. And we know that profit margin is the profit over the revenue. And yes. we know that the revenue is 0 0.9 billion, which is 900 million. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the profit is twenty five percent of nine hundred million. Okay. So that is a total profit of two hundred and twenty five million dollars. Absolutely. And to calculate the total cost, so that would just be the revenues minus the profit. So 900 minus 225 would give us $675 million in costs. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we can see here that just based on these numbers, the cost is a large percentage of the total revenue and it's a big it's a big number, it's a big uh, proportion. So moving on into how we can actually value this business. We have a little bit more information mm -hmm. on that. So these have been recent acquisitions in the past, which can which might be able to serve as a benchmark. Okay. Okay, so based on these companies, the one that I'm drawn to the most first is Insurance Apco because it is in the same industry as TechSize. Mm -hmm. And insurance software, yeah, its EBITDA was $300 million and it's sold at $1.5 at a five times of its EBITDA price. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, just to clarify... In terms of EBITDA, so you know, that's like earnings before insurance, tax, appreciation, amortization. Uh, do we have the, would it be fair that to assume that the EBITDA would just mean the profit? Yeah. Okay, so the EBITDA of tax size would then be $225 million. Yeah. Okay. And would we also want to value tax size's selling price? at the same multiple that Insurance Apco has valued their selling price, so at a five-time multiple? I think that's a fair assumption, given it's a similar industry. Okay. okay, so if we were to do that, then it would be 225 million times five. Mm -hmm. 
which gives us a total of $1.125 billion is what we can value tech size as, as a selling price. And I think that this is actually a really appealing opportunity for Lizard Insurance, considering that the... Sorry. Yeah, considering that... um. Tech size was going to bring in $0.9 billion, had assuming Lizard Insurance kept them, but we know we don't want to keep them. And so $1.125 billion is actually a bigger number than that. And so therefore, we should be trying to sell uh, tech size at a roughly $1.125 billion to potential buyers. That's fair. Uh, do you anticipate any risks involved <clears throat> with this sale? Yeah. Okay, so Okay, so there are three buckets of risks that I foresee in terms mm-hmm. of selling uh tax size. Firstly, some market risk, secondly, financial risk, and thirdly uh sorry, thirdly operational risk and fourthly legal risk. Mm-hmm. So in terms of market risk, some market risk could include that suddenly the insurance software market uh, takes a plummet and there is a new substitute uh, in the market that has uh, consumed all the market size. Secondly, financial risk. So carrying out a sale of this, we are not too sure about what that could actually cost Lizard Insurance and uh, whether we have the financial capabilities to carry this out. Thirdly, operational risk, whether we have the expertise and whether we need to hire new people in order to carry out this risk, how are we going to evaluate all the potential buyers and ensure that we have chosen the right buyer? We need people and expertise to do so. And fourthly, legal risk, considering that we had bought TechSide as a subsidiary of Medium Shaw, which is something we acquired, and I would assume that they would be in that contract as well. How are we able to um, separate tech size from medium shore is that allowed is there a clause in the contract that allows us to actually sell a subsidiary of an acquisition that we have done so these are some risks that i could think of that's fair so the ceo of lizard insurance is about to roll in do you mind wrapping up a case and giving us the final recommendation yeah sure we'll be right back after this quick message Work with our team of ex-consultants to get ready for your case interviews, networking conversations, fit interviews, salary negotiations, and more. There's nothing like targeted feedback from an expert who's been in your shoes and has aced the consulting recruiting process. We've helped over 12,000 candidates pass the case interview at premier consulting firms like McKinsey, Bain & BCG, as well as firms like Google, Amazon, and Capital One. Book an hour or more of one-on-one coaching time today by following the link in this episode's show notes. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, so the CEO came to us and wanted to know what they should do with tech size. So we recommend that the that there's an insurance sell tech size and we have come to a valuation selling price of $1.125 billion, which we think is a very appealing price for lizard insurance. Some risks associated with this would be the 
uh, operational risks of whether we can find people to do so, whether we have the expertise to sell this, and also some legal risks considering that they claim as a subsidiary of Medium Shore. In terms of next steps, what we can do is actually properly dive in deep into the contracts, looking at all our rights to share, uh, to sell tech size, what we can do about that. Secondly, we have to search for buyers, potential buyers, and do our due diligence on them. Thirdly, looking searching for labor that can help us sell tech size and make sure that we have a worthwhile sell, sale. Thank you. Perfect. That was the case. How do you feel? Um... I think it it was it was okay. It was enjoyable. I think at points I probably could have let the case better. So coming in before before you had to ask me the questions, like just leading it in that way. And I think yeah, I'm interested to see what you have to say about all the questions. So yeah. Yeah. No, I think you did a great job. Uh, I think this if this were a final interview, it'll be right in that midpoint where you're like you know you're good enough uh but could have been slightly better but like you're good enough so i think okay. that's the that's the mm-hmm. case like it'll, it'll actually depend on your behavioral to a large extent mm-hmm. in my opinion in this situation but uh i, I thought you did a great job either like just that right amount uh mm-hmm. things that you could improve on right like i think coming coming off the bat just i i think you're a little nervous and mm-hmm. it shows Okay. Right, and, and there's no there's no shame in that, right? Like everyone's nervous, you know. Mm-hmm. Even I was nervous, but I think just being able to keep a smile when you're interacting with the other individual, I think that really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even though you're nervous, if you're just smiling, it it ends up making the entire environment a lot healthier for yourself more than the other individual. Mm-hmm. Right? It just it ends up being a conversation rather than it being an interview, right? And I know mm-hmm. it's really hard. I know it's really hard. Like I've been through that where our I got my Zoom link for the interview like a minute before the uh, my interviews began, and I I was really I was like I was I was a mess at that point. Mm-hmm. But just try it, just like if if you're smiling, the interview will not know what's going on behind. So it's that sometimes okay. helps. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, again, starting from the top for your prompt, um, I think you recapped everything right. Like in certain cases that might not be necessary like in this case i think it mm-hmm. it can just be short and sweet whereas uh, you know and i think this is where the nervousness comes in right because once you sh- got into the flow of it uh it was crisp it was precise it was to the point uh i think initially you were still trying to see what the situation is and like you know get yeah. acclimatized i guess like in this case i would have for me the prompt recap would have been our clients lizard insurance they've recently acquired a a, a another auto insurance player, medium shore, and they want to know what they want, what they can do with the subsidiary of medium shore, which is tech size. That's mm-hmm. it. Right? Like, end of it. We don't need to get into what medium shore is, what tech size is. The idea remains mm-hmm. that you understand the prompt and the interviewer knows that you understand the prompt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from here, it was, it was smooth sailing, right? Like your clarifying questions were great. You asked about lizard, you asked about the, the target company, or the target seller in this case, as well as what the motivation behind this, which is, these are always great questions to ask. Uh, for your structure, I actually thought you did a great, great job on your structure, right? You took like a, under a minute 30 to make it and took about two minutes to deliver it, which is which is really good on timing. Uh, in terms of your structure itself, it was really precise, right? It was addressing, it, and you could see it for yourself, right? Like you, you addressed the 
you test everything that was in the case within your structure and that served you as a good roadmap. Uh, and it was in-depth enough, it was tailored enough. Uh, I don't think I have any comments on your structure. Keep doing that. That was, that was, that was a bang-up job. But I think just one thing, before you start your structure, uh, a lot of these consulting firms are like the hypothesis driven. So okay. they'd like, at some point, like you to say, okay, what your answer first really looks like. Right, so in this case, I've taken like a minute or whatever time you've taken, now I come back. And my first thing here would be, uh, based on the information I have, I think Lizard Insurance should keep tech size. But obviously, in order to validate my hypothesis, I'd love to look at these two broad areas. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's it. Like, it's as simple because your structure essentially thinks of it. Like when you structure it, you've already thinking it, it subconsciously. So it, if you just say it implicitly, it, it adds a little bit of value, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the discussions and the questions that you were asking, they were really thoughtful. Uh, especially when new information was being given, you were constantly updating your hypothesis, you know, you're constantly thinking, okay, what can be the next step? So I really like that because this case really pushes you, right? Uh, to, okay, to think, where do I go next? It, is it keep? Is it sell? Getting more information. You're like, okay, new information. I think it's going towards sell. Let me see what I can find out more. Um, mm-hmm. On the exhibit piece, I would say, Take maybe take five seven seconds, five to ten seconds before you come out with the insight. Uh, yeah. Right, because if you do that, you can digest the exhibit a little better, and then you can just come out with the insight, which in this case could have been like for the first exhibit, it's a concentrated market or it's a fragmented market, however you want to perceive it. The linear reasoning solid. It it doesn't matter what you say, uh, uh-huh. and loved your insights into you know we don't have a large market share. I think I think you did a good job on the exhibit, as well as when you moved on to the next one, you connected the dots that I have the market share, this is the market revenue, this is uh, the market share, this is the overall market size, this is what a lot of people end up missing that. Um, and that's the trick behind it, right? So th- this again tells the interviewer that you're understanding the material that's being presented to you. You're not just reading off of the chart and not really understanding what's happening. Again, love the way you drove to when you understood okay, what the profit is, like how do I value it? Uh, love the way you drove there. Uh, again, next exhibit, bang up job, straightforward. You're like, this is it. This is the multiple. Uh, these are my assumptions. Does it sound okay? Mm-hmm. Great work on that one again. Uh, I think so. This is there's a point in the case where you know it's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Versus, and you know you're coming to the recommendation. I always suggest that you yourself start talking about certain risks or certain mm-hmm. implications that a sale or any, in in this case, it could have been a sale. Uh, so that the interviewer doesn't have to kind of go push you maybe yeah. on the risk or they don't have to tell you, okay, let's give. Because if you start talking about the risks, I could have been like, oh, you're going to, okay, fine, you're giving me risks. Let me have them. Or I could have been like, uh, that's fair, but let's, the CEO is walking in, let's wrap up the conversation. So that okay. just pushes the drive even forward because it, what you did really well, right? And I think this is something that's, a lot of people miss and our audience members should take note of this is when you got that 1.125 number uh, for the sale value, you you went, you took a second and said what that actually means. Right? Like what is the implication of that for Lizard? You were comparing it to the revenue that you would have initially gotten. Uh, you were talking about who the buyers might be. So those that's a really good thing, right? Like it also tells me or the interviewer, it 
that you can put everything in context as to what's happening. So you've done a bunch of complicated math. Now, what what does it really mean? Like at a high level, the answer question I'm trying to answer, what what does it really, really mean? So I think that's spot on. Uh, your recommendation, uh, you know, uh, no comments on that again. Started with the answer, gave me a good reason behind why that why that's your recommendation, outlaid a couple of risks. And in the next steps, you mitigated those risks as well as outlaid a few, outlined a few more. I, I I thought it was a, like I said, like right on that line where it, it's it's good enough. It's good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms of the main takeaways to make sure that, you know, I'm not just good enough, but like, yes, you know, Warner is like, firstly, be more confident. So like, if, like fake it till you make it. Even if I don't know what I'm saying, just smile yeah. and like, try and convince them secondly also like trying to drive the case before i even give you the opportunity to ask the question kind of like lead into where i think the next question is going and thirdly trying to say my hypothesis before every like structure basically i think those are great yeah. that's a great way to summarize it and i can you can understand what the rationale behind it as well right you'd be put in front of the client from day one right and if you're not exuding confidence in your questions mm-hmm. or in your answers, the client's like, oh, is this correct? And you don't want them mm-hmm. d- diving into or questioning your answers or your yeah. uh, analysis in any way. So that's why like confidence mm-hmm. becomes really important. Like you said, like fake it till you make it. A lot of the times you might not know what the answer is. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You can ask, well, I have no idea about this, but this is what I think it might be. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think, like you said, like confidence in, in this case ends up being critical. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, but like overall, great job. Uh, I think you're in a great space. Thanks for tuning in today. You can work with Pranav to get ready for your case interviews. See his calendar and book a session or two at the link in the show notes. To volunteer yourself as a candidate for a future case, the link to do so is also in this episode's show notes. That's it for this week. We'll see you on another episode very soon.